Thank you, Jeff and Nathan. Thank you for leading us in worship today. It's so good to be here together with you. And uh, as some of you know, uh, a few weeks ago, I suffered a mild heart attack and uh, was in the hospital for a few days. And then I had some other complications when I came out. And you were all praying for me. You were all uh, uh, writing to me. And I felt that encouragement. And uh, the Lord is healing me. And I feel so much better. Thank you for reaching out to uh, Lori and I and uh, just supporting us during this time. But it's so good to get back into the book of Jonah. This has taken a few months for us to get through. It's only four messages in the series, but we've had guest speakers and I've been sick. So it's good to finally end this uh, series. And I, I'm so excited to be able to share this message with you. Uh, most people don't remember the last chapter of Jonah. They remember the first three chapters because the first three chapters are pretty exciting. I mean, the first one is uh, Jonah gets this word from God to go to his enemies and preach the gospel to them, preach the good news of repenting and, and understanding God's love and forgiveness. And so Jonah doesn't want to do it, so he runs away and he gets on a ship heading for Tarshish. And we know the story then that happens is that God sends this storm and uh, Jonah is uh, in the bottom of the ship sleeping. He's so depressed. He doesn't want to follow God's will. And then all of a sudden what happens is the sailors start to cry out to God in the storm and they're, uh, at, they cast lots and they find out that Jonah is the reason for the storm. So they go down to Jonah. They ask him, what should we do? And Jonah says, throw me overboard. And so then they do. They throw him overboard, and then God sends this great fish that swallows Jonah, and he's in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. And uh, in that time, Jonah cries out to God. He begins to come to his senses that it's no use to run away from God. And he breaks this runaway syndrome that he's had of uh, running away from what God had called him to do. And so then in uh, chapter 3, uh, the fish vomits Jonah out onto the dry land, and Jonah finally goes to Nineveh. And he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches there, and it's a city of 120,000 people. It takes three days to get through the city by walking. And Jonah starts after the first day, and everyone listens to his message they turn from their evil ways, they repent of their sin, and they come to know God. It's, a, it's an amazing miracle. And the last verse of chapter 3 in Jonah says this. It says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and not, did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Now, you would think the book would end right there. Victory, people come to know the Lord. Jonah obeyed God. It's the end, but it's not. There's one more chapter there, and I think it's the most important chapter in the book of Jonah because Jonah does not see this as a victory. He's depressed about it. He's, in fact, angry that people have repented. His enemies have repented and, and uh, repented of their evil ways and have come to know the Lord. Now, what's going on inside of Jonah? Well, it says in chapter 4, verse 1, but Jonah, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He became angry that God had brought these people to a place of repentance, 
and had avoided the disaster he had promised to send on them unless they did repent. And so this word here, it seemed very wrong to Jonah. In the Hebrew, it actually means Jonah thought it was a disaster. It was a very great disaster. And then he became angry. Jonah became angry. That word in the Hebrew says hara. It means being burned or inflamed with anger. And Jonah is just burning up inside. And he's so angry that he begins to pray to the Lord. He begins to talk to God. And it says, verse 2, he says, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger. You were an abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord... Take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Do you see how angry Jonah is? He's uh, yelling at God. He's turning inward at himself. His anger is outward towards God. He wants these Ninevites punished, and God's not doing it. He's not doing what Jonah thinks should be done. And Jonah is full of anger. You see... God asks at that moment, God continues to pursue Jonah. You know, this is the amazing thing about our Lord. He continues to pursue us even when we're running away from him, even when we have a terrible attitude towards him. He'll continue to pursue us. And one of the things that he does is he asks us questions. And he asks this question of Jonah. In chapter 4, verse 4, he says, But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? God asked this question about Jonah and his anger because Jonah has to take stock. He needs to attitude check in his life. Have you ever needed that in your life? Have you ever said something like, man, you make me so angry, and you start to blame somebody else for your anger or the situation or the reason why you're angry. God wanted Jonah to take a step back and think about why he was angry and was there a good reason for his anger because it was poisoning his soul. It was placing a wedge between him and God and between him and his people. And so Jonah had to step back And look at that question again. Is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? And that's really the title of this message today. Is it right for you to be angry? And that's a question we can each ask ourselves. God asked this of Jonah, but he's asking that of us today. So let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we come before you. We ask that you would speak into our lives as you did to Jonah. You never gave up on him. Lord, your Holy Spirit indwells those that love you. And Lord, you dwell in us and you speak to us. So we pray that you would speak, that you would draw us closer to yourself. And we ask this in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So God asked this question of Jonah. And what does Jonah do? How does he respond? Well, he doesn't respond at all. Look at what it says next in the Bible. It says, Jonah had gone out and sat down on a place east of the city. 
There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah is still convinced that there's no way that God could let these enemies of his people have a second chance. Even though Jonah had more than a second chance, he had multiple chances to turn back to God. And God continued to show him mercy. But Jonah has this attitude towards his enemies that they don't deserve God's mercy. They don't deserve God's grace. And so he's sitting there alone. Have you ever been so angry that you just don't even know what to say anymore? This is the place that Jonah's in. And Jonah is not responding to God's question. In fact, he's just sitting and sulking. Many years ago, I used to take kids on camping trips. And we had, we administered in the inner city of Newark, and we would bring 100 kids out to camping for all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different things happening in their life. And a lot of times during a camping day, if you, do, if you spend a whole week together, there's a lot of emotions that happen. And so one of the things that we would do when things were getting out of hand and people were really arguing or complaining, or it was too hot, it was, uh, the food wasn't good or, or whatever, there was, was spats and fights with each other. One of the things I would do, I'd blow a whistle and I'd say, attitude. And the kids would respond, check. And I would say, be like. And they would say, Jesus. I say, attitude, check. Be like Jesus. Attitude, check. Be like Jesus. And so what happened is that it kind of took the attention off the conflict that was happening and made us look at ourselves and saying, what's going on inside our hearts right now? And this is what God was trying to get Jonah to do, was trying to look at himself and say, do I have a right to be angry? See, Jonah was still seeing the revival that happened in Nineveh as a negative thing rather than a blessing. And he was holding on to his attitude. So what happens next? Does God give up on him? No. He says this in verse 6. Then the Lord provided a leafy plant, made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Oh, he just saw this as a tremendous blessing. God, you're taking care of me. You made this plant grow up overnight and it's giving me this beautiful shade and it's, it's, it's guarding me from this hot sun. I'm so thankful. But at dawn the next day, it says, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose and God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Jonah, it goes from anger at God to just anger at himself. Jonah was even considering suicide. His anger had hijacked him to the point that he was considering death over living just because God didn't do the things that he thought he should do, that Jonah thought he should do. But God said to Jonah, again, he asked him this question, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? So God turns it a little bit different this time. 
You see, Jonah was rejoicing over this plant that grew over him and gave him shade, and then it died, and then Jonah got so angry. He said, it is. I'm as angry. I'm so angry. I wish I were dead. But then the Lord said, you've been so concerned about this plant, though you did not tend to it and make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. He's saying, Jonah, wake up. It's not about a thing, a plant. It's about people. It's about the people that I love and care about. I love and care about people that are different than you, that even are your enemies. And I want to give them a chance to come to know me. You see, Jonah was so upset about the plant, God was trying to get him to say, to look at himself and say, your passion is off. Have compassion for people. Not be angry about things that you lose or the way you felt offended. You know, Jesus talked about this, didn't he? In Matthew 5, 43 through 45, he says, You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's really what Jonah was all about, loving him, his neighbor and the people that he knew, but hating his enemy. But Jesus said this, but I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be, your, the, you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Jesus gave the disciples a standard to live by that was so different than the rest of the world. And he gives that standard to us today. And he says, do we have a right to be angry? The question is that God is asking Jonah, he asks us today, what are you angry about? Who are you angry at? What is happening in the world? Today, there's so many things, there's so many injustices happening in our world, and we can become angry about injustice but it can't drive us to a place of violence. It can't drive us to a place where we write people off. This is what happened in Jonah's life. James chapter 1 says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You see, we're living in a time today where people are acting out their anger. And when we act out of anger and not, are not controlled by the Spirit of God, we make some bad choices and we suffer some difficult consequences. This is what happened in Jonah's life. You see him in a storm. You see him in the belly of the fish. You see him being vomited out of the fish. You see him sulking on this, uh, this mountainside outside of Nineveh. And you never see him come to a place of peace, a sense of calmness in his soul, because anger and bitterness is driving his life. So what should we do? You know, the Bible says in Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. 
God wants us to do that. I want to give you three action steps to understanding your anger and how you can help to control uh, not being hijacked by your anger. First of all, there's the attitude check. When you're going throughout the day, notice your attitude. Is it full of anger or is it full of love? Is it full of indifference or is it full of compassion? Are you ready to be quick to listen and slow to anger, or are you ready to speak and act out of anger? Slow down. Slow down. Speak slowly. Be quick to listen. You know, in the story of Jonah, Tim Keller writes about this in a book called The Prodigal Prophet, and he likens Jonah to the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son. You know the story The son who wanted his inheritance ran away from the father's house, spent it in wild living, and became so poor that he ended up broken and lost everything. He runs back to the father. He said, I'll just be a slave of my father. I'll just be a servant. I'll just work at my father's. At least I'll be able to eat. But the father sees him from a distance, and the father runs after the son, embraces him, He's so glad to see him, and he rejoices, and he brings him in, and he has this lavish feast for him. And he says, you know, my son who was dead is now alive. I'm so happy. And then there's this older son that's looking at this whole scene, and he reminds us of Jonah, doesn't he? He reminds us of this person that's stepping back and looking at the whole scene and saying, My brother does not deserve that mercy. He doesn't deserve a pass on this. He's blown it. I've been here working all this time for my father, never complaining, and I've never had a feast or never had a fattened calf killed for me. And the older brother becomes angry. It says right in the scripture, the older brother became angry at the father. You see, Jesus was portraying somebody that had been looking at the situation in the wrong way. And so sometimes we have to step back and we say, do I have a right to be angry about this situation? Do I need an attitude check? So that's the first thing, have an attitude check. The second thing is pray for wisdom and discernment when you do have that attitude check. Are your emotions at that moment being hijacked? This can happen easily in a family. With the people that are closest to us, we can become angry at them so easily. But is this really what God wants us to do? It can happen in the political arena that we're listening to. When we listen to the news, whether you're from the right or from the left or somewhere in the middle, we hear things that, and things get, people get angry. They get angry at each other for disagreeing with each other. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 26 and 27 says this, In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And don't give the devil a foothold. You see, anger, unchecked anger, can lead to bondage to that anger and consequences that are detrimental to your soul and to your heart and even to the people around you. That's why he says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't 
fall into this spiritual um, bondage to anger. But be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Number three is be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is? It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's love and it's joy and it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So the thing that God wants us to do is to have the discernment of our attitude, and then if we need to nail that thing to the cross, let it go and allow God to speak. Allow God to have his way. Be controlled and influenced and filled with the Holy Spirit that will bring that kind of fruit into our lives. You see, the book of Jonah, it ends abruptly. It ends with those last verses uh, that God is confronting Jonah and said, you know, you're worried about this plant, but shouldn't you be worried about the 120,000 people that need to know me? They haven't, they don't have a clue. And so it doesn't say what Jonah did here. It just ends. The book ends like that. It, it, it just ends like that abruptly, like a cliffhanger. What, well, what did Jonah do? But really, when we think about it, the whole story of Jonah is given to us in the Bible. So Jonah would have had to share that or write it down himself. And he does it in a way that is transparent, that is vulnerable to all. And I really believe that Jonah came to his senses, had the discernment and the wisdom, and had a second chance or had, a, had another chance, multiple chances to come back to the Lord and have the right attitude. And he shares it so clearly and so honestly and so humbly. He shares his failures. And that's something beautiful in the Bible that we see, that God allows the failures, uh, the, the emotions, when people get hijacked by emotions, you see that in the Bible, and then they repent of that, and God does forgive. So there's nobody, nobody that has gone too far that God can't bring back to himself. And so when you think about the person that you're angry at, or you're angry even at yourself, pause and stop. Have an attitude check. Have some wisdom and discernment. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and allow God to work into your life. And God can do something wonderful when you do that. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak into our lives and, and change us and empower us to follow him. Father, we thank you for the story of Jonah. We thank you for this man who, even though he ran away, even though he was rebellious towards you, Lord, he came to a place of repentance and he came to a place of humility. And Lord, as he yielded himself to you, you changed him. Thank you for never giving up on Jonah, Lord, continuing to pursue him in the storm, with the fish, at the place when he was alone, even when he was angry at you 
and calling out to you, Lord, you did not reject him. You continued to dialogue and ask him that question. Do you have a right to be angry? Lord, give us courage to answer that question in our relationships, in our relationship with you, in the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. Give us the courage to answer that question and submit ourselves to you and your Holy Spirit. We pray this in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.